0: It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash be here now today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp H E L P.com slash Be Here Now.
1: Find something that you can do 100 percent That's what I looked for my whole life. I noticed that I couldn't do anything. I couldn't give myself to anything. Whatever it was I was doing, I was scattered, I was distracted. Even if I wanted to do something, I I just couldn't be there. So I would try to find the thing that you really want to do and really do it. When I heard chanting in India, the first time I heard it, I knew. This I could do, and I'm still working at it. Welcome to the Krishnadas Pilgrim Heart Hour. In this podcast, Krishnadas shares his warm-hearted and down-to-earth path to the Divine. If you are interested in supporting Krishnadas's podcast, Please go to beherenownetwork dot network.com/ slash kd. Om hum Hanumate Nama Om hum. Hanumate, Mama. Can we sing this together? So now, I'm going to take some questions and stuff. So, y'all are going to be here this weekend. So let's let the people online ask the questions tonight. Okay? They told me you wouldn't like that. <laughs> what to do? So let's see how we do. Nina's going to read them out loud, eh? Yeah. I just need to get in. A... The only problem is I don't understand English.
2: <laughs>
1: so there should be a moving mic usually. I, we're going to do it from the online. They're going to send it oh, okay. into the chat because we do this every Thursday. Not quite okay. like this. Oh, okay, okay. Thursday questions. The room's so big. My room's so small, you know. It's just me. <laughs> My little iPad drum machine. Like, <laughs> this is like... Are you allowed to have this much fun? I don't know. Uh, What's that? Am I allowed to have this much fun?
3: Uh, Of course. Okay. You better. It's fun time. Fun time. Fun time as the planet is going down the drain. We're going to have fun. (laughs) We're going to have the real fun.
1: I don't have a (laughs) fiddle.
3: So, and that will stop it, you know planet will decide to hang out because we're having so much fun. And the idiots are realizing they're not having enough fun, so they'll stop ruining it.
1: Let's see. Um, Okay, how are we going to do this? Can you hear me?
2: Yes. Where are you coming from? (laughs) Can you hear me? I can hear you. Yeah. Okay, so one question to be good to start with is, how did you meet Bob Thurman? (laughs) <laughs> that was the question. And what do you love about him? Oh, my God.
1: There's not enough time in the universe to tell all the things I love about Bob. Not Come on. Oh well, we were panhandling down on the Bowery. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, He shared a a piece of stale grilled cheese sandwich he found in a garbage can with me. And that just opened my heart. And that was that. Uh, Every word that comes out of Bob's mouth, for me, is pure nectar. I remember you were at um, Kripalo when I was there, yes. and I came down to your room where you were teaching, and I was sitting there, and you know, I just kind of go into ecstasy when he talks, so I was just like drooling, you know, and I remember <laughs> right? he, all of a sudden he saw me, and he totally cracked up.
4: <laughs>
1: uh. Yeah, I mean, somebody like Bob is really a gift to humanity. Really. He gives, he gives, he gives He passes through him He, he shares everything that, that's in his heart So openly Cleanly, purely, sweetly It's a blessing to know him Sorry sir No, sorry I this Let him be embarrassed, it's good Don't, say, don't ask him what he thinks about me, okay?
2: Actually, they didn't ask. Good. Why then?
1: Let's go, I'll drink to that.
2: Many people are asking, how does it feel for you to be chanting with people after having not done it for so long? And hearing the responses.
1: With people? All I see is masks.
2: <laughs>
1: um... It's very sweet, very nice. Um, a great blessing for me to be able to chant with people. But to be honest, when I'm in my room singing with my computer, <laughs> going out over the internet, I feel like I'm with people. I, don't, I never feel like I'm not with people. So. But I do love hearing the response. But you know, I make it up in my own head anyway, so. <laughs> but it's, uh, it's great.
0: I
2: mean.
0: This, this is for everybody involved with
1: these so called spiritual practices, whatever they are, it's such a blessing for everybody involved because we go through our lives completely asleep living in dreamland and unless somehow or other some kind of recognition comes into our lives that we need to pay attention somehow we'll just be lost unless that comes in so when we add I know you don't like this word, but when we add a practice to our lives. That's, we have something to come home to. Otherwise, we're just, it's one dream after the other, one reaction after the other, one knee-jerk reaction after the other, until we hit a wall, and then we suffer, and then we go to the next wall. So without cultivating is coming home to ourselves again and again. You know, we get born, graduate from high school, drink some beer, and we die. <laughs> Next. And we wouldn't have been here for one moment in a whole lifetime. And there are many people who... That describes the way many people live. Not because they're any less than anybody else, but... Their situations in life don't allow them to participate in this kind of stuff. And so the suffering that, that they go through, it doesn't wake them up. It doesn't bring fruit. It just keeps creating more and more suffering. This is just such a blessing of our own hearts to be able to share these kind of things together. And it doesn't matter what we think it's about. That's just what we think. But seeds are being planted in our mind streams, in our life streams. And those seeds will grow and come to fruition. So. I get all spiritually romantic when I'm around Bob. (laughs)
2: Bob, some people are asking if you met Maharaji. Asking me? Yeah.
3: I do, I do. I very much like him. And it has to do with with, uh, Krishna Das, the great gift to me. Although he pretends that he didn't do anything, he doesn't know anything, and which I like that about him. He always puts himself down here and there, hiding the fact that he really does appreciate himself, as he, well he should. And um, and occasionally, just to show that he's doing it, he tries things like committing suicide in three inches of water. <laughs> by drowning himself in three inches of water. But no, no, actually, you know, I, I saw uh, Maharaji a number of times because... Um, Once in the summer of 1971, I lived in Almora, and I had a van, a Volkswagen van, which we called Nandi. Mm -hmm. It had and home-painted on its nose, and we thought of it as Shiva's bull. And uh, and because I was the only one, more or less, on that hill who had such a van, and a lot of the different hippies or sort of tail end of real 60s hippies, early 70s hippies, but a lot of them in that area, when they got sick, there was no ambulance. So I was the ambulance. And often I would pick them up or drop them off at uh, Kausani. Is that the name of the place? What was the name of the place? Or his temple, the uh, temple. Kenchi. What?
2: Kenchi. Manipal.
3: No, no, but I would take them to Nanipal. Oh, but I, I would be there, and there was a little bridge going across next to the road. Yeah. Kenchi. Kenchi, oh, what? Kenchi, Kenchi. Kenchi. So I would drop them off there. And then I would see this uh, little old guy sitting in a blankie. And then there would be some people around him. And I sort of knew Krishna Das as one of them. and But I knew Ram Das, which for me at the time was still Dr. Richard Alpert. Because that's how I had known him since 1959, actually. Long before. So I'm older. <laughs> and... Uh, I always wanted to go and hang out with him, but because of, uh, of Dr. Richard Alpert, I didn't feel really free to do so. I didn't know that he was, he, he was Ram Dass by that time, or trying to be. And um, trying to ply the Maorandi with acid, and being frustrated that he wouldn't get stoned. And um, so, because he was already stoned. So I kind of wanted to go and hang out with him, because it was, you know, they were a friendly group but there was something that I could never do it. So then I would pick up my charge or drop off my charge, and then I'd go on to Almora on the other direction from Nanital. And then since, long since then, meeting Krishna Das, I guess in the 90s, and then he started talking, and then Maharaji just jumped right out of his heart, right into my heart, 100%. And I thought that guy must be really great to turn this character into an actual vessel of love, <laughs> and uh, you know the sort of would-be rock and roller into bringing the, all the deities of India and so forth. And then gradually, you know, Hanuman, I, and then I then we, we realized like he had a realization that Hanuman and Rama were helping. Uh, the Buddha bring on Shambhala and get rid of the blue meanies who were stopping Shambhala, who are stopping Shambhala still now, which is something that may happen in the future a few centuries from now. And then, uh, and then I discovered Hanuman, you know, because Tibetan people believe that they were uh, sired by a bodhisattva monkey who was a monk monkey. He was a bodhisattva monk, monkey, mendicant monkey, celibate monkey, meditating in Himalaya. And only after Maharaji was introduced to me, came into my heart through Krishna Das, and then Katie also more, I got to more and more into Hanuman. And I realized, of course, that was Hanuman. And then in my my mind, such a deity is fused with Avalokiteshvara, the compassion of all enlightened beings manifested in innumerable embodiments around the planet. And what he was doing was what, you know, people know from the Indian, from the Ramayana, they know that Hanuman brought the Himalaya down with medicine on it, all the medicine that they have up there, to revive Rama's soldiers in the battle of Sri Lanka. And, uh, but they didn't realize, I think, another thing that Hanuman did, which was he kind of created the Tibetan people and he, because there was a rock ogress, a mountain ogress who fell in love with a monkey monk, Hanuman, Avalokiteshvara Hanuman. And she really was mooning around him and come on, don't be a monkey monk and I'm in love with you. And come on, come on. Finally, and she, he was being a good monk monkey. So he said, no, no, I can't take up with you because I'm a monk monkey. Huh? And I'm meditating here to try to make the world happy like I always do. And then finally, she said, well, I'm going to throw myself off this mountain if you don't marry me. So then he asked, he asked, uh, you know, you could call it Vishnu or you could call it Avalokiteshvara, kind of his, his alter ego. He asked him, well, okay, can I resign my monk vow? Because this rock ogress, I have to have compassion for this rock ogress, this mountain ogress. And she wants to marry me, so can I marry her? And actually, I kind of like her, even though I'm a monk. <laughs> and so, can I do that? And, uh, and he said, sure, you can. You go ahead. You don't have to be a monk monkey. You can just be a monkey. <laughs> so then he did. Then they married. And then there are six different types of Tibetans they gave birth to one from each of the six realms, the hells, the preta realm, the animal kingdom, the human kingdom, the asura kingdom, and the deva kingdom. And so there are different kinds of Tibetans. All God, God became the children of him, and that's the Tibetans, all the six kinds of Tibetans. And if you want to find out which one of those people the, which which one of those places they come from, you get drunk with them. <laughs> and if they get belligerent they're from hell. And if they are really greedy and hungry and have to have a lot of munchies they're from the Pretarome, et cetera. You know, and you can tell where they came from. Because they're very different, all the Tibetans, you know. So anyway, he he opened the door and for me, uh, Krishna Das, and uh, he's 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 really I think He's really a special messenger of, of, uh, of Hanuma, of the great mother, I think, Mother India, you know. Yes, and Maharaji, of course, you know, launched him as he launched <laughs> Baba Ram Das. And uh, I think Krishna Das was easier for him because Krishna Das fell on his face <laughs> three <laughs> inches of water and threatened suicide by drowning if Maharaji didn't, like, um, adopt him, you know, and Maharaji did. And I understand that very well because my original guru, Geshe when I f- got even within 100 yards of him, I, my knees were trembling, I couldn't walk. Actually, I was trying to run away. <laughs> I was. But then the minute I physically saw him in the room there, I, I had to study with him and forget India, forget everybody. That's, he's yeah. my guru, you know. stomach was... Uh, the, Completely, you know it in the gut, you know.
2: Yeah.
3: You can't, whatever, you know. So, so that's the thing. I don't know, what was the question?
4: How do you oh, like Maharaji? Maharaji? Yeah, so, so now I love Maharaji.
3: And, you know, the thing about it is I'm finally unchained from my academic duties for a couple of years now. So I can openly say that, you know, these great Indian Masters and gurus, and also other ones around the world, but there's just so many in India. They are, they never die. They don't die. They just, uh, you know, they, they leave a body when their life force is so powerful that it, it, that body cannot carry it anymore. As everyone does, actually, when they die. But in particular, they then remain, they remain aware of their students and their friends, and they keep, they keep doing their job because it's so easy to do it. They do it without doing it. It's just completely spontaneous for them to love beings and see their suffering and help them in some way out of that suffering. You know? And uh, and uh, so he's, he, of course, he is alive. He was alive in Baba Dass, uh, until he finally, I think we all let him go, actually. yeah. He would have stayed even longer if people were still clinging to him because yeah. he, he stayed long after he was really comfortable in his body. Talk about broken body and powerful life force. Yeah. And, uh, but uh, people like Maharaji, Gishwangel, these kind of, you know, they're they always there. You know? They're still there. They don't, they don't really go. And that's why I like that movie that you had made, where at the end of the movie you said you really learned more about Maharaji, and then you just picture of the sky, it showed Mm-hmm. The camera panned up into the sky over Kanchi or whatever the place is called. Uh-huh. Kanchi. I thought that was a good ending. I thought you meant that. Maybe I don't know if you were the director, but you got him to do it. So anyway, KD is really great, and uh, the Dalai Lama, what likes really, he says he's the son of India now. He's son of Tibet, but Tibet was always the attic of India where they hid a lot of jewels.
1: Mm-hmm. You
3: know, when other people came in from outside India and started ripping India off for about eight, 900 years <laughs> now. Although the Muslims were actually nicer because at least they lived there and they circulated the wealth in India. They didn't take, build railways mm-hmm. and take it out, you know, like the Brits did. And uh, Angles, too and so so they were uh, they hid certain kinds of treasures up in Tibet, which are Indian treasures, and uh, I think uh, and that, that's why I feel very special connection. And whenever we can travel again, I hope to go and find some of these babas with with uh, with <laughs> K. D. There's some babas in here that are really out of this universe. Absolutely, yeah, really. I couldn't believe it, you know. So, <laughs> around Mumbai, you know. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Maratha. Yeah. Mar, 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 Maratha, we'll, Maharashtra, we'll Maharashtra. We'll
1: grab Robbie and go. What? We'll grab Robert.
3: And yes, maybe we'll he'll drive him go. Him with us. Yeah. You know, the scooters like the one guru he has who was dug up. He was found in a ruin by the archaeological survey. Yeah. <laughs> when they dug up some temple. And then, then they dug through the sand, you know, like people, characters do, but like with toothbrushes, you know, so not to harm the artifacts. And then they said there was a man there. <laughs> and the guy was like, ah. And then they said, then he just added a detail that he hadn't told me. It's in the book. And then they sort of brought in some sadhu masseurs and things, and they started massaging him with oils and things. Yeah. And then suddenly, you know, there must have been some Brits there. This was in 1905. Oh, yeah. And then and then he sat up and he started talking in a dialect that was four hundred years before. Yeah. And then they made a certificate about him. Yeah, yeah. The archaeological survey. Plastered on his forehead. <laughs> yeah.
4: And then
3: he I mean really. Really. But you know, that's correct, it's true. You know, the materialist materialism is a stupid squirrel view. It's like everything is a bunch of atoms. And the, the atoms, all the atoms are running around and the, the, the little Pac-Man genes are running around. And it's just the Pac-Man gene came over and started Krishna Das and Derman and Nina, know, so the Pac-Man jeans. And then we delivered the genes, we have a kid and then we die, you know. And the more Pac-Man genes are, what do they do with the corpse, the Pac-Man jeans? I guess they all dribble away or something. It's ridiculous. It's just, it's so stupid. And now it's all fell apart. I don't know if everybody knows that. It's completely gone, the materialist thing. It's only held together by 33 times more dark matter and energy than are in whatever they have seen. <laughs> and yet they're supposed to be, they hard science. Hard science, that's hard science, hard, it's really <laughs> hard. <laughs> <laughs> and they have all the money in all the big buildings over at Columbia and Harbor They have a big, oh yeah, so we can blow up the world. And we are blowing it up, actually.
0: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What would you like to get off your chest right now? Are you feeling lonely, unappreciated, or misunderstood? When you keep these feelings bottled up, they can affect you negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest. And work through whatever is weighing you down. It's a great way to increase your self-awareness, change negative thought patterns, and more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com/slash be here now today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H E L P dot com slash be here now
1: you know I was sitting in the jungle with this very old baba once. yeah yeah he was 163 at that sure, time sure at least he, he turned to me and he goes you're from America I said, oh you remember when Lincoln was shot
4: <laughs> <laughs> you really he did yeah Really?
1: And then he goes, oh, no, no, you wouldn't. We've, we've read about it in the papers.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure.
3: I'm sure. Uh, yeah. I'm sure he did. You know. So. Anyway, and, uh, I know it's digressing. So what's the question? Yeah. Okay, uh, so I'm going to question Daz, for Baba. And he tolerates me, and that's nice. nice. I like it.
2: So people have been watching Krishna Das every Thursday or over a year in yes, his home. Yes, me too.
3: I get on there and I'm still yeah. jealous because I don't know about IGTV and then it says keep watching and you go click on Instagram otherwise it goes and something on Instagram <laughs> uh-huh. but then your thing it says keep watching and then you, if you click that it, 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 it sings all night. <laughs> it's supposed to it's supposed to be Instagram. <laughs> it's going on, and on and it's great it's great for sleeping actually. <laughs> <laughs> IG and then someone told me that's called IGTV. Oh. How you do it? It's amazing. I think Maharaji is doing something.
1: Not easy.
2: Uh (laughs) So Bob. People are seeing this for the first time. Oh yes, okay. And they're asking
3: what what is what is this? Okay, this is great. Okay, well, this is uh, there's two things here, kind of at least. But the middle one is a medicine Buddha. And uh, and that is a there's a legend about the Medicine Buddha, and he he turned blue like that, but he didn't turn blue because people are sick. It wasn't the blue. Maybe maybe he had the blues, but the color dark blue, blue blue black basically. It's like like Parker's blue black ink, really sapphire color, and uh, that's the color of anger, hatred turned into ultimate reality, perfection, vision, and experience. So it's the most healing, most powerful color, in the sense that it sees the innate health in all beings, even if they think they're sick. And therefore, it has the most power of, of how to help them free themselves from whatever symptom is making them feel sick. Mm-hmm. And so Buddha turned into that when he in, in the city of Vaishali, in ancient time, in the outside, in the in the garden, in the suburbs, and he turned the whole place into a paradise. And, and in Tibetan language, his name in in Sanskrit is Baishajaguru, but but his name in Tibetan is Menla, which is the name of this place. So that's why he's there because with the idea of this place was that it would be like a healing garden like that, and whoever would come here, Nena, who is the main spirit of of it. She want, she made a vow that whoever would come here, just when they would step in Menla, in our three hundred and fifty acres of woodland here in the middle of the national forest, they would just feel a hundred percent better. Mm-hmm. And all their nagging anxieties and worries, you know, would temporarily be lifted. And as it, she just would have made a prayer like that, and so that is our prayer here. Um, you know, we try to hope it works. And that, so that's a Medicine Buddha, and he's surrounded by all the nurses' aides and the different deities that support the medicine, teaching, and blah, blah, blah. And then on the on the right and left sides, there are two other paintings um, uh, made in, in Dharamsala, and they illustrate the peaceful or the mild, as I prefer to call them, and the fierce, because I don't like the opposite of peaceful, wrathful, because no Buddhist deities are wrathful. They're just fierce-looking, but they're very nice and friendly, really. But, but they're there to help you free you from the fierce, uh, demon, demonic forces and things. So the fierce deities and the mild deities of the bardo, of the between, you know, when you die the sort of at between death and rebirth, when you're in that, in those, in that passageway, then these are the forms that the Tibetans knew. Uh, that some groups of the, they have different ones actually, but the one that's most famous, this is, this comes from the famous one, the Padmasambhava written one. And um, this is the forms in which those kind of beings, like a, you know, you know, allies will come to you, or angels will come to you in the after death state to help you go to a good life or to help you become liberated. And then you go where you want. But absolutely not. One thing I just have to clear up, because I recently discovered a friend who loves Buddhism, but has, still has the wrong idea, that liberation means you leave life forever. And, you know, you know nirvana, cessation, extinction means, you know, you stop living, I mean, you disappear, which is not true. You know, you get, you, you, you no longer, when they say in the Buddhist literature, and if you're liberated, then no more rebirth. When they say that, what they mean by that is you're not driven instinctively going places you don't want to be reborn. That means you're free to be, hang out and be in infinite space as much as you like. Although it's always awkward to be in infinite space if you're really enlightened because everybody else is also there. <laughs> <laughs> you're not in some place by yourself like a psycho. Everybody's there. And a lot of the people are not happy. And then you're in such bliss that you can't tolerate other people being unhappy because you feel them, exactly what they feel, as well as you see that they have every opportunity to be really happy, especially human beings. Human beings, such a precious embodiment. We've all struggled up from the nether depths and we've we've decided to come down from the thousand-year jacuzzis in the heavens. And uh, we we really taking the challenge of being human. Those of us who are here, and it's a great opportunity to become enlightened. And uh, and so 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 that's what that's what you do when you attain that freedom. You don't stop living. You become infinite life. You become one with everybody's infinite life, and you want everyone to know that it's infinite, so they can really have a fun.
1: Okay.
2: Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. I'll take it. <laughs> okay, good.
1: We got it. We got it. We got it.
2: Okay. Yes. Krishna, this is for you? It's for me. Yes. Maharaji gave you a copy of the Chandi part or Durga Saptashanti. And I believe he signed it too?
1: Uh I had a copy. I gave it to him. He signed it and I have it.
2: Okay. Many of the Devi prayers that you sing are from there. Yeah. My question is, did you feel obliged to do the entire 700 verses at a time like they do in India since it was given by Maharaji? I had never known about Saptashati, but after I came across Baba and before getting to know you, I came across it and instantly it caught my interest. I inquired more about it at a local temple and they told me to read the entire Saptashati during Navaratri. It's huge, and I can't complete it in one sitting. I was wondering if Baba gave you any instructions on how to do the prayers or how to read the chapters, and any specific translations that you read, could you recommend?
1: He gave me absolutely no instructions. I never felt obliged to do anything except run after him. He wrote Ram Ram in it, and I repeat Ram Ram all the time.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I've never done all 700 mantras. Uh, and when they do it, they do it over the course of, of 10 days or 9 days. They do only a certain amount every day. They don't do it in one sitting. They do in a certain amount. And there's other little pujas in between and around it. They do it. They get very busy. But one time... Wait, which chant is this? This is the, uh, the Durga Saptasati. Oh, Durga. The Durga oh. with the 700 verses up to the goddess. Oh, great. Right. There's three sections to Mahakali, Mahasaraswati, and Mahalakshmi. There's three. Oh. All different. And all of that's Durga. Right. All those different on. forms, manifestations. So it was at the end of nine days of all-day puja... So, ah, ah, and the fire and sitting there and everything. And the, they were doing the arti. And <coughs> Mr. Tarari, my Indian father, and my great friend and teacher, he was a real yogi. And he was singing the arti, leading the arti at the end. Arti means uh, the, the offering of lights. It's a, you know, and they were singing one of the arty hymns and he was going on and on and on and he was totally zoned out, blissed out, you know. So Maharaji seeing this from a distance. He says, look at those idiots. (laughs) Look at them. They're sitting there. They think they're feeding the gods and we're starving to death. (laughs) Tell them to shut up. Time to eat. Ciao. (laughs) That was Maharaji. He was eating that. You know, so... Don't be crazy, not so obsessed, anal about it on anything like that. You know, if you feel like doing the 700, do the 700. If you don't, don't. It's not, not, you're not going to go bodily to heaven when you finish the 700. But uh, it's a great practice. It's very difficult. Those mantras are very Sanskrit. You know, I didn't know Sanskrit. I had to figure it out syllable by syllable. You know, I had to learn the, the letters. Then I had to go through it like ma ha It took about, took months to learn one thing. So I do the ones I like. Very good. I don't do what I don't like. That's all I can tell you. And I like to sing, now.
2: Can I just ask one more question? You can. Okay. This is just, they wanted a question to both of you. Uh What advice do you have for young seekers?
1: Young? Who's young? They are. Well, they think they are. They're probably older souls than than we are. They're just in a young body. Uh, Watch as much TV as you can. (laughs) Don't listen to your parents. What else? Eat as much sugar as you can before you get a little older, and you can't eat it anymore then what else? Be happy. Don't worry.
3: That's a Maharaji precept.
1: Yeah. I was, uh, <laughs> you know, kinda. Um, find something that you can do a hundred percent. That's what I looked for my whole life. I noticed that I couldn't do anything. I couldn't give myself to anything. Whatever it was I was doing, I was scattered, I was distracted. Even if I wanted to do something, I I just couldn't be there. So I would try to find the thing that you really want to do and really do it. When I heard chanting in India, the first time I heard it, I knew this I could do. And I'm still working at it. One of these days, I get it right. It's wonderful. But really, you know, find what you find your find what you want in your heart, what, what what makes you happy, what you want to do, and then try to find a way to do it.
3: And, uh, if if I could uh, could add that uh, the ocean of of poetry and praises and divinity of India is just completely unfathomable and immeasurable. But it's all holographic. So any one verse or any one mantra, like even a short one, can sort of you can find all the other things in each one of it. That's one of the marvels. I mean, of course, it's all very magnificent and it's many hundreds of thousands of things. And all of the many thousand thing versions, they always say, oh, this is an abridging of the 50,000 one. Do you know what I mean? They always say that because it's inexhaustible, you know. Yeah. But then each one verse, one single four-line verse, if you really put your heart into that, and you can find all of the treasure of all of the verses. They, say, they will say that in all yeah. of the, the writings.
1: <coughs> one time...
3: So not to worry. Holog- yeah. Like a hologram, you know, you shatter a hologram, and all the information of the whole thing is in each tiny piece, you know.
1: Huh. But, one time, Maharaji was driving Ramdas out of his mind. You know, complete, making him completely crazy. And so Ram Das walks across the courtyard, which we we didn't do. We sat on the other side of the courtyard. Maharaji would call us if he wanted us. So one day Ram Das gets up and he walks across the courtyard and he sits down by the tub and he says, Maharaji, I want you to raise my kundalini. <laughs> Basically he's saying, you know, do it, get get it done. Knock me out, kill me, do it, you know. So Maharaj goes, Oh, I don't know anything about that. Oh yeah, you know that Baba down there in the south? He knows that. You should go. He'll he'll do. It. Yeah, you go see him. Ramdas got angrier. No, Maharaji, I want you to raise my kundalini. Is that other Baba, you know that Baba? Oh, he'll do that. You go see him. Yeah, he'll do that. He knows all those things. Ramdas was like red, like, you know, he was like exploding. <laughs> he said, No, Maharaj, I want you to raise my kundalini. So Maharaj gets up. He throws his blanket up over his shoulder. He looks down at Ramdas and he says, I only know two things Ra and Ma. The two letters of the name of Ram. That's all he knows. We think he's busy doing all this stuff. He's not thinking that. All he knows is Ram, Ram, Ram. That's all he knows. Everything comes through him. Everything is done through him. He can't, he has no, he's given up his will to the divine. There's nobody in there who would want to do anything or not want to do anything. Whatever happens, all he knows is Ram. He's totally immersed in that love, in that reality.
3: That's wonderful.
1: Yeah. So, so we usually stop at 9.30, but we're going to sing one more. Okay. Those folks. Oh, yeah, it is
3: 9.30. Yeah. He did, he did go, but he didn't get too much, that much kundalini. He got a big headache. I met him in Pune after that with, with Muktananda. And he had such a headache. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he really
1: you know, we asked Maharaji Mahar- We we asked Maharaj, how do we find God? We figured he liked us. He's letting us hang around. Maybe he'll tell us. He said, "Serve people." <laughs> I thought, what? Serve people? What? Serve them for lunch? what do you mean so so how do you raise kundalini he said feed people and I thought you know I guess we're not qualified for the real real stuff that was 50 years ago now I realize he was telling us the truth he was telling us don't think about yourself think about others when I was going to kill myself in the temple he said what are you going to do jump in the river you can't die Worldly people don't die. Only Jesus died the real death. (laughs) And I looked at him. He said, why? Because he never thought of himself. There was no one in there thinking, hey, I think I'll make some extra bread tomorrow. Nothing. There was only God. Only that. Only the universe.
4: Hang know
1: anything about path at all. If we know there might be a way to live in this world in a good way with an open heart without fear. If we know anything about that it's only because of the great beings that have gone before us out of their love out of their kindness they left some footprints for us to follow so in the same way that they wish for us in the same way that they wish for us we wish that all beings everywhere all of us be safe be happy that all of us have good health and enough to eat. And may we all live in peace and at ease of heart, at ease of heart with whatever comes to us in life.